You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. Baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me from Josh, I've already forgotten. I'm going to try to take a guess at this. Is it now? I think I said Hack and Saw the last time. It's not Hack and Saw. Hack in. Oh, uh, where, where, oh, Josh, where are you at? You're somewhere in Hackens- Minnesota. Hackensack, Minnesota. That's Different right. from Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. Hackensack. Mm-hmm. Hackensack. Now, fun well, fact, though, not that anybody cares, but last summer in the span of one week, I actually spent time in both Hackensack, New Jersey and Hackensack, Minnesota. You're probably the only person that can say that. Yeah, there's not many people who uh, who can say that. There's not many people who know that both of those places exist. Maybe the first one, just because it's across from Manhattan. But um, I don't know if many people know about Hackensack, Minnesota. Hey, maybe by the time the next episode we record, I'll remember where exactly you are in Minnesota. Hackensack, Minnesota. That'll be a tongue twister uh, trivia question. Uh, a ways You'll down do all the right. Line. I, I hope so, but we have, a, we have a quick episode today of the show. We're pretty much just going to be talking about the latest trade deadline rumors, all that kind of fun stuff. The trade deadline is still a couple of weeks away, so a lot can happen between now and then. There could be a lot of teams that become sellers. There could be a lot of teams that opt to not be sellers, so some players we talk about today could not be traded, and we could look dumb, but Josh, some of the players that we talk about today could get traded, and we could look like absolute geniuses. So one way or the other, but before we get into the trade deadline talk, make sure you guys follow Inside the Ravine on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Inside the Ravine. You guys can listen and watch the full shows over on YouTube if you're into that sort of thing. And you guys can also listen to the podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, and we are on the Odyssey app. All right, Josh, time to get things underway. Now, we were going to start with a certain someone who I feel like is going to be getting a lot of discussion on this show over the next couple of weeks and potentially during the offseason, but we're going to save that for now because we actually have a a piece of Dodgers trade news slash rumors, and it's that time of year, Josh. It's the best time where pretty much the Dodgers like to be linked to everyone, but this comes from John Morosi, who is one of the more, you know, credible reporters out there, and he tweeted about an hour ago saying the Dodgers are showing interest in White Sox starting pitcher Lucas Giolito. Now, Josh, this seems like a guy the Dodgers have been kind of linked to for the last three to four years, just because he's a local kid. I believe he was born in Santa Monica. He went to Harvard Mm -hmm. Westlake with 
that stacked rotation that has like a million big league pieces, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, the White Sox clearly aren't going anywhere, so it makes sense that he's traded. So what are your thoughts on hearing this rumor that the Dodgers are already showing interest and in probably one of the top starting pitchers that's going to be available on the trade market? Well, I like it. I've always been a big fan of Lucas Giolito. Um, like you said, he's an L.A. guy. Um, so, he, I mean, from Santa Monica, went to Harvard-Westlake. Um, I've always really liked him. Um, here's the big thing, though, for, for Giolito is he, he didn't have a great year last year. Um, of course, the White Sox as a whole, you know, weren't very good. This year he's having a fine season, 345 ERA. Um, already over a hundred innings of work. Um, he's been good. I would love to see what the Dodgers could, could put together to get him to LA. And again, this is something we've talked about before. You know, we've always said that the Dodgers need to do something with the bullpen. I don't think that my mindset on that has changed whatsoever. Um, but when it comes to Lucas Giolito, that's a guy that you put in your rotation immediately. And then also that could bump somebody else back to the bullpen. And that's another thing that we've talked about quite a bit is when you start to get a little bit more healthy at the front end of games from a pitching standpoint, that means that some of these guys who've shown that they can be reliable starting or opening games for the Dodgers, instead of getting reassigned, signed or optioned back to the minor leagues can stay with the, with the big league, uh, stay on the big league roster and then come pitch out of the bullpen, which we've seen in past seasons, um, which I think we could see later this season. Look, I don't know what your you know opinion is on this, but guys like Emmett Sheehan and Bobby Miller, I, I think for the Dodgers are players that they don't want starting come postseason time, but I think that they would love to have on the roster um, and have coming out of the bullpen and eating innings that way. So if you get a guy like Giolito that just pushes somebody else to the bullpen, um, somebody else that can be consistent for you. And then of course, Giolito has been a really good starting pitcher throughout his career. Um, and sure, you know, last year wasn't, um, his best season. Um, but you know, the three years before that, he was really, really good. He's had a couple of high ERA seasons a few times. Um, only one of those was really a full season. Other ones were kind of shortened seasons for him or have been banged up a little bit with injury. Uh, but this year he started to get back on track and he's been pretty reliable for the White Sox, a team that has continued to struggle. Um, so he would be a great addition for the Dodgers. And I'm interested to see if they package anything together to try to acquire him. Yeah, I mean, you said it. His numbers this season are definitely better than they were last year. 3.45 ERA. His expected FIP is 4.24. His Fangraphs war is almost identical to what it was last year in 50 fewer innings. So he's been a better pitcher than he was last year. And this is a guy that has shown flashes of being a really good starting pitcher. And I agree with what you said, Josh, where, you know, we talk about the bullpen needing some potential additions. And that is still true. I do think the Dodgers could add to their bullpen. But like you said, if the Dodgers add a starting pitcher, like a Giolito, that can push a Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan to the bullpen potentially or something like that where come October you only need four starting pitchers you already have Clayton Kershaw you already have Julio Urias but it's kind of a big question mark now as to who that third guy is going to be and I do think the Dodgers could really desperately use a big three when it comes to their starting rotation just because Walker Buehler he's still maybe up in the air I still don't really trust Tony Gonsolin to be a guy you have to count on to start a game in October and again the rookies maybe they show in the next couple of months they're capable of being that reliable guy in October but I think by adding Giolito it gives you that really strong number three guy and the thing is also the fact that he is going to be for the most part most likely a rental you know he's a free agent at the end of the year his price tag shouldn't be necessarily that high now 
He could be the best starter on the market, which might increase his value just a little. But the White Sox, they probably know you're not going to be getting the Dodgers' number one, number two, number three prospect in a deal for him. Now, the Dodgers might have to overpay slightly to make sure they pull off a trade, yeah. But I still think the Dodgers can hold on to all their top guys. And again, he's a hometown kid. I'm sure he'd love to come and pitch for the Dodgers. And although, again, his numbers aren't quite where we've seen them be in the past... Put them in the Mark Pryor lab, see what they can work on, and there's a chance you can get a Lucas Giolito that could really turn into a top 15, top 20 pitcher in the National League that could really benefit the Dodgers. So I'm all for it. I think it would be a great move. Maybe the Dodgers opt to acquire one of the relievers from the White Sox as well, maybe like Liam Hendricks. Josh, if they can acquire Giolito and Liam Hendricks, do kind of a two-for-one, get a starter and get a high-leverage reliever, I think the Dodgers can, that could be their only move at the trade deadline because we know that their offense is just fine. But if you add those two pieces, that'll be an A-plus deadline and two pieces the Dodgers could desperately use that could help them maybe get over the hump in October. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, um, Liam Hendricks last night at the ESPYs, his speech was terrific. Um, Really cool segment they did to to, um, honor Liam Hendricks. So if you haven't seen that, definitely recommend going and watching that. Um, but you know, like you said, he, if the Dodgers go and get a high leverage reliever like Liam Hendricks, who, you know, also is not having a phenomenal season. Um, but you know, he's gone through a lot over the course of the last few years. Um, he was really good the last four years. Um, one of the top relievers in baseball this year, kind of been up and down a little bit, but again, with the Dodgers who hasn't. So if you can go out and get somebody who you can rely on in a high leverage situation, like Liam Hendricks and go out and get a reliable starting pitcher like Lucas Giolito and combine that into one trade and create some sort of package deal, send a couple of guys over, get those two guys back. You're right. I think that's it. I think that's the Dodgers trade deadline moves right there in one trade. So I'd be interested to see if they do try to do something like that, even if it is not with the White Sox, even if it's not for Lucas Giolito and Liam Hendricks, whether it's with them or somebody else, I can kind of see the Dodgers go that route so that they can only make the one deal and then that's it where they're where, where they're done with the deadline. Because again, like we've talked about it before and earlier this year we talked, do they need an outfielder? Do they need an infielder? And even, you know, based off of the grades that we gave, you know, the different um, aspects of the team on our last episode a few days ago, I, you know, th- I'm sure that they could explore some potential moves to bolster the lineup a little bit more, but I'm not really sure they need to. Right now, for me, it's the pitching and the lineup itself. Again, I gave them an A the other day. It's not an A plus. It could be better. They're inconsistent, but that's kind of the way that baseball works. The last couple of Dodgers teams we've seen over the last few years that have hit the ball a lot, hit a lot of home runs, scored a lot of runs are ridiculous. I mean, there were teams that nearly set Major League Baseball records in doing so. So I think we've kind of come to expect that. But right now, I think the bats are fine. So if you can knock out your trade deadline moves with one with one deal, acquire the two pieces that you need for the rotation and for the bullpen, I think you're in a really good spot. Yeah, so the White Sox are definitely a team to keep an eye on just because they are out of contention and they have so many pieces that could really help a lot of teams where they could probably capitalize when there's not going to be a whole lot of sellers. I mean, I was looking today, Josh, at the standings across all of baseball, and for the most part, there's maybe like five or six teams that you know for a fact are going to be sellers just because so many teams are still in the playoff hunt. But even some of these other teams, they don't necessarily have a lot to offer. You know, you look at a team like the Nationals, they might have a couple of pieces, but for the Dodgers especially, guys that aren't really necessarily going to help them 
the Royals, maybe they have like a reliever like in a Scott Barlow, but again, is making a move like for him really going to be that much of a difference maker? But you look at the White Sox, and again, they're a team that's absolutely loaded. I think they're going to be ready to do business. But another team, Josh, that I briefly want to mention is the St. Louis Cardinals because this is a team that things have just not gone according to plan. Their president of baseball operations came out. I don't know if you heard this. I think this was yesterday saw, yeah. when he dropped this quote. I'll just quickly read this for you in case everyone missed it. So their president of baseball operations, I think he was doing a radio interview locally in St. Louis, and he came out and he said, right now, I can tell you we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be a household name or more of guys who are just not likely to be here next year. Now, Josh, I thought that was interesting because this is, you know, not like a local beat reporter that came out and said this. This is the president of baseball ops pretty much saying we're going to be trading people. Uh, he pretty much said 2023 is a lost year. We're shifting our focus to 2024. And like the White Sox, the Cardinals have a lot of really intriguing players that really we can keep a name on. They have a lot of bats. I think the Dodgers would, you know, welcome with open arms. But I don't think the Dodgers, like you said, are going to trade for a bat because they don't necessarily need one with the way things are going. But when you look at their pitching, Josh, I know I talked about Giolito being a local kid. He went to Harvard-Westlake. Well, if you Here don't comes get Giolito, you can just get one of his teammates in Jack Flaherty, who was born in Burbank, another local kid, hasn't had the kind of season that he's had in years past. He kind of peaked really a couple years ago. He's been, I think this is the best way to describe him, Josh, as league average of a starter as you can be, because his ERA plus this year is exactly 100 which is the metric of uh, being a league average player. So, hey, a league average starter is great, but a guy like Jack Flaherty, again, we've seen flashes of him. He, you know, finished high in rookie of the year voting a couple years ago. He's received Cy Young votes. He's a free agent at the end of the offseason. And again, he's a guy that you can get as your number three, number four starter. I think the Dodgers would welcome him with open arms as well. Yeah, also uh, Harvard-Westlake um, was on some of those teams. By the way, I'm not sure if, I feel like we've talked about this on this show before, way in the past but that harvard westlake team as far as i know without you know doing any research based off this conversation i'm pretty sure they won nothing I'm pretty sure that rotation won nothing and that yeah. was guys like so flaherty was younger than giolito and you know trevor bauer was on that team somebody else was on that team too i can't remember who it was but flaherty was the youngest one and like wasn't a part of that rotation until a few years later but i don't think they won anything like i think they lost in the finals um, in the CIF finals every year. But anyway, I mean, you're right. Flaherty. I will say really quickly I, though. I, I just, I just looked it up, Josh. So it was Lucas Giolito. It was Jack Flaherty and Max Freed. They were all there at the same time. That's at right. The same that's time. right. But I agree. I don't think yeah. they won anything On either. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. Actually, Trevor Bauer was at Hart High School. I forgot about that. Bauer was at Hart. Um, and then those three guys were at Harvard-Westlake. And I don't think they won anything. Um, but you're right. I think back to whenever I hear the name uh, Jack Flaherty, I think like a lot of people who aren't, you know, following the Cardinals incredibly closely, um, maybe think back to especially Dodger fans, think back to that game, that that pitcher's duel between um, 
Walker Bueller and Jack Flaherty a couple of seasons ago when they were both in their rookie year. And it was unbelievable. And they were both awesome. And I think back to that, and that's kind of the mental image that I have of Jack Flaherty of just being this really good young pitcher. But you're right. You know, after his first couple of seasons where he was really impressive, he hasn't been all that good lately. I mean, he even spent um, a little bit of time playing, you know, in the minors last year, a couple of times, you you know, were rehabs, but for him, I mean, he, he really has been, as you described, a pretty league average pitcher since his first few years with the Cardinals. So again, that's something where you put him in the Mark Pryor school of pitching and, and kind of see what you can get. But again, he is somebody who is um, signed through 2023. It was only a one-year deal. He's not making all that much. He's only making 5.4. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that's something that would be a bargain, I think. And, and, you know, I don't think that the, that the price tag would be all that high for a guy like Jack Flaherty. And, again, it seems like the Cardinals are, are willing to move on from some of their pieces. Now, for him – He's still relatively young. Um, he's got what it takes to be a really good starting pitcher in, in professional baseball. He doesn't even turn 28 until uh, pretty much after their season is over, until mid-October. So he's still relatively young. He's got a good arm. He's somebody they can potentially build around. But he's been up for a few years, and maybe it's not working out. So maybe because he's been around a while, they're going to be a little bit more keen to let him go if they get the right offer. So I think the Dodgers can piece that together. I don't think many teams are going to be able to um, piece together a perfect offer like the Dodgers could with their prospect pool. But um, again, I feel like he's an even better bargain than, than Lucas Giolito at this point, um, just because of the past few years and how much he's struggled. Um, but again, that's a guy that you can put in um, to your starting rotation. And I think that you can be able to rely on um, at least, you know, throughout the end of the season, especially when you consider what the Dodgers have dealt with this year with the pitching staff, both with inconsistency and with, you know, player health. Yeah. I mean, again, the fact that his numbers this year, league average, he's been okay in years past. I mean, I, I don't know how interested the Dodgers would be, but because Giolito, because Flaherty, they are free agents at the end of the year. Maybe the Dodgers ought to recreate that Harvard Westlake team. Maybe tra trade for both, you know, bolster your starting rotation because I, I don't think the Dodgers want Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan, Josh. I don't think they want them starting the rest of the season. They want to get them more reps in AAA. And what better way than, you know, picking up some pretty decent starters to fill the void for the next couple of months? Yeah, and, and here's one thing that I will say with the Cardinals is you're right. They they have already said, um, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to be sellers. Like, we will be uh, moving some people. Uh, but it seems like they aren't totally ready to, you know, fly the white flag or anything like that. Like, I don't think, I, yes, I think they're moving on to next year. But I also, for me, I don't get the impression that the Cardinals are ready for a complete fire sale. Because, you know, if they've got guys like Goldschmidt and Arenado, like those are guys that they want to build behind that they did a lot to acquire in recent years. So if they're going to trade a piece here and a piece there to continue building around their core, I think that makes a lot of sense for a team like the Cardinals. With that being said, how many moves are they willing to make? How many guys are they willing to sell at the trade deadline? So if I'm the Dodgers, and if you're actually interested in Jack Flaherty, I think the Dodgers make a move before the trade, uh, before deadline day, because if that's the case with the Cardinals, I would rather get the ball rolling early than wait. And then at some point the Cardinals aren't willing to part with all these other pieces. So again, like if you're going to go for a guy like Flaherty, get going sooner rather than later, because first of all, you don't want to end up how we've seen in years past where 
even last year, Dodgers are linked to this guy and this guy and this guy, like they were linked to Soto. And again, another team in the division jumps out and makes the offer. Now we talked about it last year. The Padres are going to offer up what they're going to offer for Juan Soto. Fine. By all means, take him. The Dodgers don't want to offer that much up. Um, So, but again, like another team in the division, we've seen the Giants, the Padres, teams like that be willing to offer up a lot to try to jump the Dodgers year after year after year. And last year it worked for the Padres. So who's to say that that's not going to happen again. Um, And again, you know, it seems like the Dodgers are kind of waiting for next year as well, Um, but they're still right in the thick of things too, from a, a league wide standpoint, obviously they're in first place in the division entering the second half of the season, but you know, trade deadline coming up. If you're going to go after some of these guys who might not have an incredibly high price tag, I say go after them sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, I agree, especially with a team like the Cardinals where they've pretty much already said like, we're selling, come get our guys. I agree, Josh. I think they're probably only going to want to trade pieces that are going to be free agents at the end of the offseason. These guys that probably aren't going to be there next year. But yeah, I mean, if you're the Cardinals and they've said, and if you're the Dodgers and you know that they are going to be selling these guys, why wait another three weeks to go and get a Flaherty? Why not just trade for him now? That way you get a couple extra weeks with him. And even with the Cardinals, looking at some other names, a Jordan Montgomery, he could be a guy that the Dodgers turn to. He's been really good since coming over to the Cardinals. Jordan Hicks, he's a really solid reliever. He could be a guy that you might package where maybe the Dodgers strike out with the White Sox. Go to the Cardinals, pick up a starting pitcher, pick up a bullpen piece, get two guys that can help out that will be free agents at the end of the year or so. The Cardinals are an interesting team to follow. Josh, before we move on to our final one, can I just say one uh, one player that this might be a hot take? This might be me just stirring things up, but you know I, I like to come in hot with some of these takes. Like I'm, Aaron Judge? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey. Maybe the Dodgers really were into it. I, I thought it was a great idea, but we never heard anything. I'm looking at this quote from the... Uh, the uh, president of baseball operations. And he says now, again, we're going to be trading guys, guys that likely aren't going to be here next year. But Josh, do you think it is a little bit interesting that he starts the quote off by saying, I don't know if it's going to be household names. Now, obviously you're a baseball fan. You know, you love the Dodgers. You probably know a little more about guys on the Cardinals than the average baseball fan out there. Would you say? Maybe. So if Maybe. you were to go and ask the average average baseball fan about Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, uh, I don't know if necessarily they're going to really know exactly who that is. But a household name, the Cardinals have two of them, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Now with Paul Goldschmidt, he just won MVP. He has one year left on his contract after this year. I don't think the Cardinals are going to want to trade him, especially now unless they're blown away with an offer. But Nolan Arenado, Josh, I think that if I'm the Dodgers, I give the Cardinals a call and you say, hey, clearly you're looking forward to next year. After next year, Paul Goldschmidt is likely going to be gone because he has one year left on his contract. He's getting up there in age. Nolan Arenado, he's 32 this year, 33 next year. He's getting up in age. I don't know if the Cardinals, their big picture, if it includes some of these older players. They have a lot of young talent. This trade deadline, they can acquire a lot of young talent. So if you're the Cardinals, maybe they entertain a potential trade offer. And if I'm the Dodgers, I'm seeing what I can do to get Nolan Arenado in Dodger blue. Because this is a guy, another hometown kid. Now, he didn't go to Harvard-Westlake. He wasn't part of that stacked team. But he was born and raised in L.A. Has, I think, been pretty open saying 
He's a Dodger fan. His family are all Dodgers fans. And Josh, when looking at his contract, it's not as bad as you would think. Obviously, he's making $35 million next year, $32 million the year after that. But then his contract goes down to $27 million in 2026 and only $15 million in 2027. So every year, his contract is taking a little bit of a hit. It's becoming more affordable. The Dodgers, you take Max Muncy at third base, shift him over to second base. You can trade a Miguel Vargas. Josh, cover your ears, but maybe a Michael Bush if the Cardinals are so <clears throat> inclined. I'm just saying it, it It makes some sense. Should the Cardinals want to go that route? Should they want to clear up some money? Should they want to capitalize on Arenado's value while you have it now? Um, are the Dodgers interested? Who knows? Maybe not. But I do think it's interesting that the president of baseball operations said, we're going to be trading people. I don't know if it's going to be household names. Because again, when I heard household names, the two that come to mind are Goldschmidt and Arenado. So I don't, how, how hot am I, Josh? Uh, how hot is my take? Am I am I getting too out there, or is there some part deep down that you believe that it could actually be something that actually happens? You know, I don't know because I, I could see it. My the way where my brain went was maybe hang on to guys like Arenado and Goldsmith because those are kind of your household names. Um, you know, there are a few other players that for me I, I think could be on the outs for them. Paul DeYoung is one of them, a guy that I don't see the Dodgers going after, um, but he's only signed through this season. Uh, they have a few guys that are like that, which is kind of where I thought. I think Paul DeYoung is relatively a, a household name um, for baseball fans. You know, he's not a Goldsmith or a um, or or an Arenado, but um, he's still, I think, one of the bigger name guys on um, the Cardinals. So that's kind of where I went with it. Granted, he's a little bit younger than both of those two, you know, guys that, you know, we had talked about a little bit already in Goldsmith and Arenado. So maybe that's somebody that with Arenado, considering those two guys are getting up there, maybe they want to part ways with if they can get a good haul. Um, but that's not really where, uh, where my mind went. Like I said, maybe, maybe I'm just getting a little ahead of myself, but I, I still believe Nolan Arenado will be a Dodger one day. Again, they can make it work. They can make it happen. And the fact that he's not going to cost a whole lot down the line, just pretty much the rest of this season, next season, the Dodgers are going to be able to afford him. It's just a matter of uh, if the Cardinals are going to want to part ways. And again, get a lot of prospects in return, get younger, save a lot of money. Josh, we're going to quickly wrap things up with the final piece. Again, a guy we're going to be talking about a lot more in the coming weeks, and that is Shohei Otani. We haven't really talked about him yet, at least this season. I know we talked about him in the offseason, some shows last year. I just want to get your quick thoughts on this whole thing about him potentially being moved at the deadline. Let's just say the Angels suck the next couple of weeks. They opt to sell. If you're the Dodgers, they're kind of rumored to be the favorites to land him. Would you be willing to trade your top four, your top five prospects, essentially a Juan Soto kind of package, in order to get Shohei Otani for a couple of months when you can just hold off and potentially sign him in the offseason? See, that's why I don't think, like, I just don't think anybody, forget about the Dodgers, I don't know if anyone's going to be willing to do that. Because the problem for the Angels is they can ask for a haul, and they rightfully should. But who is going to be willing to do that, I think, is the biggest question. For me, it's not, are the Angels going to sell? It's, what are the Angels going to sell for? Because, look, if I'm the Angels, and if I'm an Angels fan, sorry to any Angels fans out there, but you're probably not listening to this anyway. For Angels fans out there, the way that I'm looking at this is they're not the favorite to sign Shohei in the offseason. They're just not. Time has run out. It has not worked out. 
every single night. You get that update. That's Shohei and Trout both homer three times, and the Angels lose 12-6. Like, that's where we're at right now with the Angels. I don't think they're going to bring him back. But the problem is that they need to sell, but the price tag is going to be so high, I'm not sure many teams are going to do it unless they include both their top prospects and a couple of big league ready guys who are probably already on in the lineup. I've heard people ask me hypothetical questions. Would you package, you know, a prospect or two with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts to get Shohei? Absolutely not. No way in hell would I do that because the alternative is he doesn't get sold right now at the trade deadline. The Dodgers go out and sign him next year and you have all of those guys together. Like why, why, who in your, who in their right mind would want to make that type of deal when you know what the alternative is and it is a billion times better than trading for him right now. That's where I see it. I understand people saying you go out and do what it takes to get him now. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, if the Dodgers sell the house to go get Shohei right now, are they the favorites to win the World Series right now? I don't know because Shohei is going to be in the lineup every day in one way, shape, or form, but he can't pitch every day. And right now the Dodgers are not healthy enough to win a World Series with trading all of these assets to go get Shohei. Because, again, who is going to be in that deal? I don't know. I think the alternative of waiting till the offseason and letting the new – $30 $30 parking and $50 hats and $300 jerseys. I'm I am willing to see if those price gouging and the, the higher prices on everything at the ballpark pays off in the off season, because I think the alternative to trading right now is a billion times greater than what the current option is. Yeah. I I'm still kind of torn uh, I, I like that you mentioned the whole Freddie Freeman thing because last week when I did my weekly hit on ESPN LA, they said like they asked me what would you trade for Shohei Otani, and I pretty much said outside of Mookie Betts, like I would trade anyone. And everyone was like, "Oh my goodness, why would you trade Freddie Freeman for Shohei?" And the Angels they would not want Freddie Freeman in a deal. If you're asking for like MLB ready talent, they'd probably ask for like a Miguel Vargas, a James Outman, a Bobby Miller, an Emmett Sheehan, guys like that. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like. I'm all in. If they want to trade their prospects to get Shohei, do it. Because one, I agree, Josh, it doesn't necessarily make them World Series favorites. It helps their chances. Like, they'll have a better chance of winning than they would without him. But the reason I'm so on board with trading your prospects to get Shohei Otani, in addition to him helping out, you know, your chances of winning the World Series this year, I think it increases your chances of signing him this offseason because you get him in Dodger blue, you get him a couple months to see what it's like to be be a Dodger, play in front of Dodgers fans, experience what it's like to truly be, you know, the Dodger culture. I think that is so much more valuable than, again, the prospects that you're having to part ways. Yes, would I rather just go for it this year, get him in the offseason where you don't have to trade anything? That would be the ideal situation. But Josh, if right now, let's say Shohei has a 50% chance of being a Dodger in 2024. Let's say by trading for him, that becomes an 85% chance. And you get, you know, you help your chances of winning the World Series. Would you take your 50-50 shot in 2024? Or would you take your, again, 85%, 90% chance that he loves it here and he's fully on board? Because again, that that's the reason I would do it, is to get him a couple months, you know, a, a couple months sample size of being a Dodger before he ultimately signs a 10-year, $2.8 billion contract with whatever team he goes to. 
you're you're right. I mean, he he could he could do that, and I do think it raises the 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 chances of that a little bit. We could do this for another hour and a half, which is the time we don't have. But I we really could do a whole show on this topic and just ask a bunch of people, get guests on the show to see what they think. But for me, I I, I would much rather. I like. Is he going to sign? If the Dodgers trade for him right now, I feel like the chance of that happening, there's a higher likelihood, right? There's a higher percentage chance. The thing with me is if you trade a bunch of guys, including more than just prospects, like you said, anybody but Mookie, right? If the Dodgers have that mentality and trade for him, one, are they a World Series contender this year? Probably not. But next year, are they a World Series contender again? I say no. That's For me, the goal is to win the World Series, not to sign Shohei. And I think that if you wait and have a 50-50 chance, let's just say that that number is what it is. If you have a 50-50 chance to sign him in the offseason, if you're the favorite to sign him, if you already – like the Dodgers have the money that other teams don't to go after to go after a guy like Shohei. They have the assets to do it. If they wait to the offseason and have that 50-50 chance, I think you sign him, you are without a doubt the favorite to win the World Series in the minds of everybody in baseball, everybody in sports. And not that being the favorite matters, but like winning matters. And that, I think, gives the Dodgers the best chance chance to legitimately compete for a world series next season because if they make that move this year just to acquire Shohei I don't know what that timeline looks like but for me it's not next year yeah so we'll have to wait and see Josh maybe instead of trading for Shohei they just send those prospects to the Cardinals for Flaherty and Nolan Arenado and then you just sign Shohei in the offseason and just make your super team and then trade for Juan Soto in next year's trade deadline when the Padres are out of it and they're going to lose show, or Soto for nothing. And then you bring in Soto as well. So could happen too. That's why wow. I need to be the GM. This this is this is what this is what my master plan would be. I just laid it out. Life for you. isn't MLB the show, Blake. But it is, Josh. It could be with me at the helm. It very well could be. But we're going to be doing a lot of Shohei talk over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. But that does wrap up today's episode of Inside the Ravine. Again, make sure you guys follow us on social media at Inside the Ravine, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and over on YouTube. And you guys can also listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the Odyssey app. Josh, any final parting words before we uh, head out? Before I head to Portland, but you stay in hack oh this is unbelievable i don't know why i keep saying hack and saw hack and bush no 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 hacking hack and sack <laughs> that's right i keep forgetting mm-hmm. about the sack wow <laughs> end the show <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We do appreciate it, as always. Make sure to give this show a rating on whatever app you guys are using. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. We appreciate it. And as always, enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be.